Thank you for joining me today for Carl Erickson's Sounds and Words, a podcast with a difference. For today, for Sounds and Words, our guest is Amanda Almodovar. She's a bilingual licensed clinical social work associate by profession with a passion for writing plays and music. She is an active member of the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Producers, the Dramatic Dramaticist Guild of America, the North Carolina Women's Theater Festival, the Greensboro Playwrights Forum, and the Studio One in Burlington, North Carolina, and the Stephen Hires Theater in Greensboro, North Carolina. She served as musical director for her original full-length musical, The Adventures of Pink and Purple, in spring 2019, with festival and main stage showings in Burlington, High Point, and Raleigh, North Carolina. Her monologue, Sarah's Dress, will be featured in fall of this year as part of an Illuminated Dresses uh, presentation at the Burning Coal Theater in Raleigh, North Carolina. She is a mother of three school-aged children, and she lives in North Carolina with her husband and rescue beagle. So thank you much for joining us today, Amanda. You are so welcome. Do you consider yourself more a musician or more of a playwright? (laughs) That's a funny question. Um, I, you know, I didn't consider myself either one until just a couple years ago, actually. Um, And I guess if you would have asked me, you know, 30 years ago when I was a little kid, I would have said musician. Because I grew up liking music. It wasn't like a big thing in my house. I was really the only one. Um, And I played a little piano and I played the oboe for a little while. Oh, okay. Um, I really like those things still, but honestly, I will tell you literally two weeks ago, I just got a piano in my house. Um, the things you just said that I did, I did those like between a toy piano and a piano app. Oh, okay. Going to work with other people. Yeah. So like, I literally just got a piano back in my house. So I want to reclaim musician desperately. Mm. Yes. Yes. Um, But you know, I've been doing this straight playwriting for just a couple. I I just got into this. So none of this is like my day job. Okay. But yeah, (laughs) it's, it's wonderful to have uh, for children, especially to have music in the house. I remember growing up, um, my grandfather and uncles were trumpet players and mm-hmm. uh, my grandmother was a piano player, and that was just a wonderful thing to have uh, as a memory of growing up. It, it really makes mm-hmm. a home, helps make a home a home. Um, yes, it does. My kids are always, well, I won't say fighting over it, but the day we got it, my mom was over, and she's like, you're going to have to make a schedule for the piano. Because <laughs> they've all got their own little genre that they like to play. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so we, we do have to split up time. Yeah. Um, what kinds of experiences have inspired you um, in such a way that you've included some element of those experiences within your um, your creative expressions, your art? Well, I guess you'll have to say uh, religious experiences, maybe. You could say that. Okay. You could say some of my um, day job, which I, I am a social worker, so I deal a lot with people who are in some type of crisis situation or something really life-changing is happening to folks. And, um, you know, I can really get some caregiver fatigue or burnout on it, but at the same time, it's something I have to constantly refresh and 
and come back and it, it's basically human suffering every day. Um, so between that and between my own, uh, I guess you would say faith journey or, or the experiences that have come to me recently, I'd say, because like I said, I kind of, kind of just got back into it. So okay, I, I, it's that in a combination of my children having gotten a little bit old enough to be more self-sufficient and I've, I've gotten to kind of tap back into these things that I really want to do with my time. Okay. Um, with your background in music and, and social work, have you, have you ever given thought to uh, the field of music therapy at all? Hmm. That's a good thought. Well, I will tell you, I do. Um, I'm, I'm going into a clinical practice right now where I'm going to provide a narrative therapy which is okay. sort of a storytelling about your life um, and its situations and, and allows you to kind of write your ending or, or what you uh, envision for your own future. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't really thought I, – I don't really consider myself a good musician. I like it. I don't know if I'm qualified to provide. But yeah. in a sense, though – I've had a lot of cast members, even crew members, in, in my last production say, this process has been therapeutic for me. Oh, cool. So, right. In, in that way, I think, well, I mean, it's been kind of a healing journey for us together. We've all been through something that's similar to the storyline that um, we presented. And it's nice to be able to play it out from different points of view and really sing and ex- express it on a stage and perform the roles. Okay. Getting back to the idea of uh, experiences that spark, you know, uh, provide that creative spark. Have has there been um, have there been personal experiences that have inspired both literary and musical creations with you, or do they tend to be altogether different sorts of experiences? You know, one one experience that might per, uh, spark a musical idea, and another for uh, perhaps a play or something like that. I think what I see happening with my art is that I'm kind of working in one sort of concept until I kind of feel it is done. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to like another phase. So I will tell you, honestly, this, this phase that I first started in, it's a lot to do with family, uh, reconciliation, estrangement, mm-hmm. hardship, um, mental health, its impact on relationships. Okay. And um, I've even got some more pieces that go a little deeper into like substance abuse type things. Is there a sense in which, in which your ability to create art out of the, or at least, um, well, okay, I'll say out of the, the work you do, is it is it cathartic in a way for you as well? I've got to say, I've got to say yes, because there's sometimes you just can't put into words what you've been through and you can sit down at a piano or you can sit down with a pencil and, and somehow express it in a different way. And then you're like, Oh, okay. And you've got either got images or you've got music, you know, at the outcome where you're like, okay, now this is art and it makes sense, but I know the root of this and I know exactly where it came from. And, and you know that, and your audience might can relate, but usually unless you've told someone, nobody's going to know exactly what it was that inspired that. Okay, okay. How would you say 
is your relationship with God and, and his church reflected within your art? Oh, well, I, I hope that that's something that comes through a little bit. I know that not everyone in my audience is going to be of, um, any religion, you know, mm-hmm. but I like a bit of allegory. I don't want to be like cliche and, and make a, a redemptive tale in every story or whatnot, but I do want there to be the like existential human truth of love, um, forgiveness, eternity, and yeah, redemption. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't want to beat anyone over the head with it though. I want it to be woven in so that it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to be off putting to someone that says, ah, this is just, you know, this is a, cliche this is just a religious piece and right right i i think my last show i don't think anyone did see it i kind of set out okay this can be kind of religious and some of my catholic colleagues were like yeah it is and then others that weren't were like oh yeah we kind of get this hmm, what's the right word for it like a spiritual okay. vibe um from it and and you get like um uh, some type of very, like you said, a cathartic um, overtone to the whole thing that that's got like some hope in the end. But okay. I don't know. I mean, I I do try to write with that end in mind because I do think there are universal truths and they have to be told and mm-hmm. they have to be demonstrated fairly because of who I am and what I'm doing. I can't be untrue to that part. Yeah. Of me. Yeah. It sounds like you you kind of put your um, your story first and let the theme work itself out later. Then is kind of what I'm gathering. Is that kind of how you would say? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I kind of let the theme inform the story, and the yeah. story circle back to be sure that it honors the theme. So I kind of go in a, yeah. in a circular type of a process where I'm like, okay, well, what you know, what does this mean? I'm a really holistic thinker, and I, I'm kind of like, okay. What does this mean? Why was it significant for my life? And then how could this relate to someone else? Like, what could this mean to somebody else? And it's been funny because some of the things that I've kind of tried to put out are the things that people came back and said, you know, this exact thing has happened to me or some something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I won't sometimes disclose all the details of, okay, this is what went into it. But I find that sometimes it aligns well, well with it. And so that, that's a good feedback, you know, that yeah. my intent was conveyed. Yeah, definitely. You described your, uh, the debut of your musical in May as, quote, an existential piece depicting the realities of human relationships and redemption. Uh, mm-hmm. It was inspired in large part by my close relationship with St. Hildegard, of uh, Bingen, uh, a mm-hmm. patron saint that was introduced to me in a miraculous way when I began the process of becoming a playwright uh, just a couple years ago, and, end quote. What can you share regarding your spiritual connection with St. Hildegard, and what can you tell us by way of introduction about this saint? Because I'm not familiar with this with this person. Oh, wow. Well, that that has got to be, maybe I'm biased, but that's got to be the best saint ever, <laughs> maybe one of them. <laughs> But if, if you are artistic at all, if you are a healer in any capacity, if you create, if you suffer, if you love, I mean, you must get to know this saint immediately. This is a saint. I 
did not even know existed. And I went through, I'm a Catholic convert, so I went through RCIA. We were very okay. heavy on the saints. I thought, oh, I know all of them. Um, no, it was really funny. And if you have time for this story, I guess I'll oh, absolutely, I'm absolutely prepared to tell it. So as a social worker, well, I'll go back further. Well, I was a social worker when I went through my process of RCIA, and I took on St. Maria Goretti as my um, saint for confirmation, and I really, really loved her. Even my daughter's middle name is Maria. Okay. Um, but it was so, so very funny the way that it happened um, at work. Um I was working with a child that, unfortunately, the same scenario happened um, nearly that happened to Maria Goretti, was this child got sexually assaulted. And so the child happened to be a student with a co-worker of mine that was Catholic, and I had on my set of keys a St. Maria Goretti charm, and it had like, St. Maria, pray for us, and so my coworker was really, really distressed about what had happened to the child that we had just found out and so forth. So while I was working with um, that case and that colleague, I gave her the little charm that was on my keychain. And then uh, I guess it was within the week. I'm like, okay, well, I'm ordering some little books and stuff. I'm going to get a replacement for that little charm. I'm going to get this little car rosary. It was like a really small, a dinky little $3 thing. Yeah. Um, so I made this little order. I got like a couple of magnets, a couple little books, like just, just like you would think it would come in a little envelope. So, um, the next week I looked out on my front porch and there was this large package like okay and I opened the door and I'm like okay this is from that that place that I ordered the little small keychain but what is it and I opened this box and there's everything I looked up the packing slip the packing slip had everything I ordered it was all all in order like little book little little rosary for your car little magnet little whatever could have been in an envelope Mm -hmm. there's a giant box that says in the company of saints I'm like okay And I opened it up. I'm like, this has to be a mistake. And inside there was a statue of St. Hildegard. I'm like, I didn't, I did not order. Like, I was like, what is this? And I looked and like, I'm like, where's the St. Maria Goretti? I'm like, I I don't have my patron saint thing. And then I look and in the box, and it says Hildegard. And I'm like, who is St. Hildegard? And I went to Google and I had literally just started writing plays that week. And then I Google searched, there's this image and she's writing. She's like getting inspiration from the Holy Spirit and writing a play. Oh, wow. And I think I screamed. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, really? And so from that day on, you know, of course I had to, like, that was my patron saint from now on. So I got like a bracelet that I wear every day. And I really, I got her, that's on my piano. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I mean, yeah. I felt like, okay, I have this connection to a person from basically a millennium ago that it was um, in the 1100s, and she was basically a genius. She was able to do healthcare and herbal medicines. Um, she was a nun. She was a mystic. She received visions. She was able to paint really extravagant artworks from the visions that she saw. Uh-huh. 
she also composed music and she also did what was called morality plays. Oh, right. And they were the first ones okay. ever made. So that fed into my process a little bit where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to overtly, this isn't like a God and Satan play, but the themes will be, you know, woven in that way. Right. I wanted to make like a more modern form that would be more, I guess, for a wider audience, but still have that same weight of, you know, good, evil, and life thing like she had. So I did a lot of reading. I bought her album. <laughs> I've got oh. the Order Virtutum album in my car and like a lot of her other really like Gregorian chant type stuff. She's really cool. Oh, so I she... feel like I have like a counterpart, okay. but in another millennium and that's fun and a really good gift. She, co she composed happened. a Gregorian chant? Yeah, sort of like that. I don't know if that, that may not be the proper term. Yeah. But if you look on, you can really literally get on like Amazon or the internet, look for St. Hildegard as the composer and it yet very, very old, but it huh. has been transcribed into like actual um, current music that you can purchase. And okay. I think there's even a movie about her where they've had actors portray her uh, counterparts and stuff. Okay. I haven't seen that, but I have listened to the music and I have bought several of her writings and, it, and it's really cool to know that that was preserved all the way till now and, yeah. and her art as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. So the, you're, you're receiving that, that, um, that little statue that was, uh, just, a some kind of a mailing order, uh, error on. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I like God was, like saying, um, you've been praying a whole lot because it was it was during a time that was pretty bad, and I was praying a lot. And it's like, well, this is the answer I'm sending right now. Now, okay. and it's this. It's this new saint that I did not know, and it was just really cool. Okay. Um, you had mentioned that you went through RCIA. Um, my family did too. We went through in two thousand five. What what was what was it? Would you say that led you uh, to the Catholic Church? Well, I don't know. I grew up in a different. Um, it was a Christian church. It was a different denomination. It was a Protestant church, mm -hmm. and it was nothing against it. I just. I had visited some Catholic churches and I just felt like it was a lot more complex. It was just deeper, richer. I right. got like so much more spiritually involved, like from the moment that I stepped in, I just felt like it was the whole experience. And somehow I wasn't that, that may not be true for everyone, but for me, it absolutely was. It was like, okay, this other, I've been to another church, but this was like holding back on me a little bit. And I met my husband and he happened to be Catholic. So oh, okay, we found okay. immediately a Catholic church right where we met near a university. And he, he felt the same way. He's like, there's other churches out there and other like denominations or religions, but there's nothing like that that's completely fulfilling and um, just like well-rounded and deep and meaningful. It just... There wasn't a different option for our family, so that's yeah. why I did it. Well, that's wonderful. Um, was there a particular uh, part of maybe Catholic beliefs or doctrine that was particularly challenging for you? Like for me, for our family, until we got our brains around it a little bit, the Mary, some of the Marian doctrines were a little challenging. 
um, initially, but anything like that for you, or was it pretty much uh, smooth sailing through? Do you know it's funny, but it's kind of the opposite. Because when I was a little, I won't say little kid, but like a preteen, I swear I had like um, <laughs> this is crazy. I'm gean admit, but I had like maybe a Marian apparition when I was like that age, huh. and I was Protestant, so like I did not. You know, I didn't know where this was coming from, but I had a very deep, like, peace be with you, and I knew it was Mary, the mother of God type thing. Okay. And so, yeah. So I didn't have any trouble at all with that. I was really excited for that, actually. Must have seemed uh, kind of like a natural extension of your faith. I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, What's coming up next for you as far as music or, or plays? Well, um, I just did a little piece at the Hires Theater in um, Greensboro at the beginning of August with some um, of my Playwrights Forum, Greensboro Playwrights Forum members there. And then I've got that Illuminated Dresses project you mentioned at the end of October, the last final two weekends, like the weekend of the 25th, and mm-hmm. I think November 3rd is the closing date for that one. And then... Um, after November, I'm hoping just to enjoy holidays with my family, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a lot going on in my professional world as well, because that's my not-day-job. That's my hobby. <laughs> um, right, right. But then January, though, um, my collaborator, I think, is actually coming over tomorrow to do some preliminary work. We don't really – she has another really intensive project through the end of December – so we kind of both set January in our mind as, like, we're going to hit hit hard um, the next musical, which is basically, I don't want to say, but I would say a good halfway done. It's, it's got work to be done, but it's completely laid out. It's a completely new musical. Okay. It's very relevant. It's moving into kind of a different concept but it's i will hint at kind of social justice related okay and very current um right now and okay i think it's some it's a project i feel a lot of urgency about and i would have feel like i would have done more sooner if i could have but my my plate's pretty full but i know january um that's where i'm i'm really going to focus my time is that new show that i've got okay what would you say your thoughts or concerns are about Catholic arts and music in general these days? Any any thoughts on that? Hmm, I don't know. Maybe just that I'm not very well acquainted because I guess I've spent since, well, I mean, my husband and I, I got married to him right out of graduate school. I started my career. We immediately had kids. I have not really come up for air, so I haven't really oh, yeah, taken yeah. in any arts. Oh, okay, okay. Um, like, even even most of the mainstream, like, Broadway and famous stuff like that, I can't say I've taken any inspiration from really anything just because, like, the time factor. Yeah, I've been yeah. raising my kids and social work, so the time between that, pretty much, I'm looking at the inside of my eyelids. Um, I, haven't, I haven't taken it. And so if I could, like, come up for air at some point, I'd like to try to familiarize myself. I like very old and classic stuff like mm-hmm. um, saint writings and stuff like that. I yeah. don't really have familiarity with any contemporary 
people, I guess. Okay. Versa, but <laughs> not like any, any arts type yeah. stuff. And okay. if there was more of it, we have a small like Catholic writer's guild in the area, but it's something, unfortunately, it doesn't mesh with my schedule oh, okay. so well. So I've only gotten to go occasionally to it. Okay. Okay. Has the Catholic Writers Guild helped you uh, much in the in the creation and marketing of your works to a larger audience? Would you say? Well, I'm talking to you right now, so yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, also I have a, got a very dear friend um, who's our critique group. Um, I guess you'd say facilitator locally here, um, and he is my link to the Playwrights Guild because. I don't know how we start. I, I think it was some poetry that I have, and I said, hey, I think this is going to be a play. And he's like, well, there's also a playwrights forum, and do you want to come to that? So, um, And there's even another Catholic Writers Guild um, member that's a part of that. There's at least three of us involved in that okay. playwrights forum as well. Um, and I don't think the work is not Catholic per se, but like – we do still, those meetings match my schedule better too, to be honest. So, I mean, that's influenced me a lot. And then, I mean, the folks there were really nice and welcoming and I got feedback. I did do, I forgot to mention, I did have one play produced, like I sent it on Facebook to a Facebook friend that was a priest in another state. So I did have that group like read over that script and see how they liked it before I sent it off. So, okay. That's all been very good when I've been able to partake. Yeah, just hard to find the time. Because <sighs> out of town too, I live very rural as well, so oh okay. It's hard between my kids' schedules and just the commuting time, and then my work oh, schedule. Oh yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Um, as a Catholic parent, how does the current crisis in the church make you feel, and how do you approach it in your mind? Have you? Uh, perhaps had a chance to read Father Robert Barron's letter to a suffering church yet. I feel like maybe I have. I, I would have to look at it and say because I, when I do read, I read pretty voraciously and quickly, so I don't mm. always can't recall which piece was this author at this time. But right. um, I go through like the current, you know, newsletters or blogs or whatever. I kind of read them in like a digest, kind of every week or whatever, but my church did in the kids' faith formation have a set curriculum to address that. And of course I'm a social worker, so right, right. um I have these talks with my kids. I'll like they, they don't even want to hear those things from me anymore. They're like, Mom, we know Oh but, <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and I mean I'm a social worker and and they I just I say, sweethearts, mom wants you to know about real world and what it can be like. And just to know that really you have to have a trusted adult that does not hurt you and that you can always talk to and that you cannot have secrets. And, you know, if you see in any across any settings, be it your church, be it your school, be it um, dance, martial arts or sports teams, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't care. I mean, my kids are participating in all that. And I'm like something happens you have to speak up and that's just the way it is from now until you're you're grown up yeah you have to say that now yeah 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 um well i i think that's that's all the questions i have 
uh, for you, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I really, uh, really appreciated you having you on um, Sounds and Words. Oh, well, thank you so much. I think it's a wonderful thing that you're doing here. And uh, I can't wait to see where your program will go in the future. Thank you.